welcome to Eat, Sleep, Move, a podcast devoted to helping you lose weight, get healthy, and have an amazing life. Here's your host, Wendy Wallace. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of the Eat, Sleep, Move podcast. I know, I know, it's been a while since I posted an interview, but I promise, I absolutely promise, the one you're about to hear will make up for my long absence. So with all my past interviews, I have spoken to people who have lost a huge amount of weight and were either at or very close to their goal weight. This time, I interviewed a woman named Lena Harris, who has lost a great deal of weight, but is still very much committed to the process of losing weight and getting healthy. Last year, after the death of her mother, Lena began to approach her own life differently. Weighing over 400 pounds, she realized her weight was keeping her from living a full and content life. She began by first changing her diet and walking around her neighborhood. And doing both has led to a passion for both fresh and whole foods and long, challenging hikes. And also in the midst of her weight loss, her local newspaper has been publishing articles about her progress. To date, Lena Harris has lost 116 pounds. And as you listen to her speak, you'll hear how the weight loss has actually led to many life gains. Enjoy the interview. Can you tell everyone who's listening to this podcast what your highest weight was, and the reasons that you believe you reached that weight. Sure. Uh, I reached uh, 422 pounds. Um, that was in October of 2009. And wow, there are so many reasons why someone reaches that height. <laughs> um, I, it, I really gained weight so slowly. I was about 10 pounds a year. So it kind of eked on, and as as it came on, you just adjusted and, and you grew um, and accepted, you know, what was was happening. Um, I did have a couple of bumps. I, you know, I had three children, and each one of them gave me a little extra that I wasn't able to, to take off. Um, but yeah, you would diet, and then you would backtrack, and you'd go a little further, and and all of a sudden you're just you're at this unimaginable un- weight, and. Uh, Oh, wow. So lost at that point. Okay. I, I want to talk to you about your previous weight loss efforts and, um, and how it is that you got to, you know, kind of in the groove that you found this year. But before we get to that, I want to quote something that I found on your blog that you wrote. You said, um, I need to stop living as an observer, merely living a secondhand account of my life. I need to fully engage, show up, feel the vibration of my own life. So when it comes to weight loss, it seems like everyone has that turning point where they seem to just have that epiphany that really helps to motivate them to begin to make changes. And it seemed as though when you had that realization that you wanted to stop living as an observer, that seemed to be your turning point. So can you elaborate on what led up to that turning point? And then I'm kind of curious what happened immediately after you had that realization. Sure. Uh, You know, is really 
began right after my mom passed away. Um, I, it, for me, you know, it was the first person that I'd ever had so close to me die. And it threw me into just deep thought. And um, I, I'm, I'm a reserved nature anyways. So being in thought is, is kind of always with me. But um, I couldn't get out of it. I couldn't get out of my head. And um, everything around me was driving meaning into, you know, I'd see something, uh, you know, on a screen watching with my kids and I'd get hit with a realization and burst into tears. <laughs> it was a unique time for me. <laughs> and one of them is that I, I'd listened to uh, some audiobooks, and one of them was narrated by Richard Armitage. He's a British actor and one of my favorites. And um, I, I kind of lost the sense of his voice, so I started looking for interviews so I can hear what he sounded like. He always took on some characters. And I came across um, this one uh, quote where he's talking about how people, you know, listen to iPods or, um, you know, go to theaters or go to movies, and um, they're missing part of the, the experience. You know, there's nothing like going to a live concert and hearing, um, you know, the vibrations from the... the you know, sounds around you hit you personally, um, are going to a theater and listening to it in person. And right then I was kind of struck with that thought that I have really observed everything around me, but I've not lived it. You know, when we would go to um, points of interest around us, you know, maybe the beach or something like that, I'd stay in the car and my kids and my husband would go and I would stay in the car. I, they could go. But I, I didn't really want to be a part of it, you know, or it's, you know, it's too long of a walk or um, I don't want to be seen or, you know, I'm just too tired, whatever excuse I wanted to give. I just observed my life. And if you go back and you look at, you know, pictures um, of our family, I'm the one taking them, but I'm never in them. Uh, you know, I, I always wonder, you know, if I've inadvertently erased memories for my children when they go back and look through those pictures like I was doing after my mom passed away. You know, um, I removed myself from all these memories because I just, I didn't feel like I was worthy enough to get in front of that camera, you know, and I still struggle with that today. But that was like a, a little light bulb, but because I'm such a thinker, <laughs> it didn't, I didn't understand how to apply that thought to my life. And it didn't dawn on me until almost a year later how that can affect my, my weight loss efforts. And um, that's when it started, like, oh, yeah, this is why I'm out of my life is because of all this weight. You know, now it's time to just jump in and start living it. You know, thinking back, though, do you think that there was a cycle going on? Because I would imagine that... Um, you know, living that kind of life where you're with your family and you have your family, but yet you're, you, you kind of like take yourself out of the experiences, which in a way would make you feel secure in, in one sense, because you're not putting yourself out there, um, you know, for ridicule or, you know, all of that other kind of stuff. But at the same time, it would be lonely, right? And it, and it also caused disappointment and stress and guilt, um, as well, which, you know, at, in a lot of cases, people would then eat, right, to deal with those feelings. And then, of course, you eat, and then you gain weight. Did did you, look, like, looking back, do you think that you went through that kind of a cycle? Well, you know, I, 
I was so pleased that I could successfully remove myself from situations of, you know, that I, I escaped that one. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I never understood the impact of it until later. Um, I, I wasn't, I was lonely, but I was, you know, I honestly, during this transition now, it's a, it's a lonely uh, thing to do. You know, it's only you that can do this. So in a sense, you're kind of all alone. Although you have, you know, people around you that'll support you, it's still something only you can do. And so, no, I, I didn't get into those cycles. Um, I was really careful that I never ate too much in front of people. Um, you know, that I wasn't one of those, you know, I never, I didn't binge, you know, <laughs> never mind that I took a lot of calories to maintain what I had, but you know, I was, I was really careful and then you wouldn't see it in my cart. I mean, never, you know, but I might send my husband out to go get something for me because, you know, he's thin, he can, he can go buy stuff like that. You know, never, would, you wouldn't find me in a fast food, but never, you know, I'd go through a drive through but I'd never sit in one of those. So <laughs> I had a little pride thing going, but no, I didn't, I didn't see, um, I didn't have that that cycle, thank God, that I you know I didn't go and binge deeply or or anything like that. I, I just consistently gained weight and and didn't care, you know. Ultimately, okay. so looking back at your past weight loss efforts, um, compared to what you have accomplished this year, what do you think was missing from your past efforts that you have now tapped into? Me. <laughs> me, <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't engaged at all. Um, you know, I'd follow the plan. I'd fit into this little box they gave me and whatever it was, you know, and I squeeze into this box and I did all their rules because I wanted to be on that thin side. And, um, and eventually, you know, that box got really uncomfortable and then you start getting really dissatisfied with what they're sending to you. And then, you know, you step right back out. And then instead of making those little corrections to make it fit you, you, you step back out and you gain some more weight, you know, you drop the plan. But I, it was me. I didn't believe I could do it. I knew that every single time that I started this, I, that, oh, you know, I'm going to fail. 95% of the time, oh, you're, you're going to fail anyway. But if I don't do this, you know, um, at least try you know, I've got to keep trying. I mean, at least I had that for me, but I, I didn't understand that it's it's your mind that wins this first. Nothing else. Your mind wins this first. Yeah, you know, when you say that, the thought that comes to mind is um, oftentimes when we have, like, so much weight to lose, you, you start to, like, not or, – or you don't trust yourself. Right. And so then you you start to trust in the success of other people or you trust in um, programs that were created by, quote unquote, experts um, that then have testimonials showing you that they, they must work. And then so you put your faith into a program and and it doesn't quite fit. And then you end up feeling like you failed. And I, we're going to talk about this a bit later, but I want you to just touch upon the importance um of really kind of getting to know yourself and getting to know, trusting yourself again, getting to know your body and trusting that as well. Because I guess the reason why I asked this question is because I'm thinking, you know, I wonder at this point, knowing what you know, could you get, you know, take on any diet plan and make it work for yourself because of that trust that you've built up within yourself? Well, you know, I suppose, you know, in in a a sense, of course, you know, I could. I could work any plan, Um, but I'm also have a little bit of an obstinate personality. I like the fact that I've created something for myself. I set the rules. 
I fit it into my life. And um, going back to what you asked was, you know, how how do you basically in touch with yourself and have that confidence in yourself? And I, I didn't have it instantly. I, I kind of grew and uh, as I tested and, and tried different things as far as, you know, how many calories, you know, um, should I be eating each day or uh, what food do I really, really, really love? What, what will make me, you know, happy each day if I, I got to eat this? And I just started examining different parts of, as you know, the weight loss elements, you know, your food, you know, how many calories tracking and, and exercise and hitting them off one by one until I was satisfied every day with what I was doing. You know, once I can make a decision that I know I can take for the rest of my life, not temporarily, not until I lose my weight, but from this point forward, those were the only decisions I was interested in making. So at one point in time, you had considered doing uh, surgery. Can you talk about why it is that you actually chose not to undergo surgery? Sure. Uh, well, it kind of was made for me. <laughs> I lost my, the, the financial uh, backing on that. My husband's hours were dropped, and we, we didn't qualify anymore for um, the financial uh, assistance alone for the surgery. I had to do it on my own. You know, and I had kind of struggled with that for years. I'd been trying to, you know, get it to a place where I could, you know, finally get this surgery and finally get this taken care of. And, yeah, um, right at the last minute, my, my financing was pulled out. So um, that it made my decision. I, I can't say in between that time, up until that point, um, I was still gung-ho for surgery. It was what I discovered after that point that changed you know, what I did, um, you know, because I, I followed their pre-diet guidelines. And that's really how I discovered this. Yeah, and I, I want to I talk to you about that because when I was reading through your blog, I found that part, what you wrote, actually really, really quite fascinating and ingenious on your part. So just for everybody listening, um, you know, the, the you were given a diet plan to follow. Um, if, if I'm understanding this correctly, they... Um, was it for at, like before the surgery to lose a bit of weight, uh, or wh why were you given the, the this basic diet plan? It was to prepare you for surgery, and you need to kind of shrink uh, that liver, the fat around the liver, so that it's a surgery is a little bit easier. And so they generally have you on a diet for about thirty days or so beforehand. Okay, so this diet consisted of no bread, rice, or pasta, no sugar, no caffeine, uh, drink protein, protein drinks during the day, and eat lots of veggies, have a lean and green meal at night, drink 64 ounces of water, walk 20 minutes a day, and sleep 7 to 8 hours a night. So I'm wondering if you can talk about what it was like at the beginning following that criteria and then also how things have evolved since you began. How it is that you made modifications, what you found that worked and, and didn't work, and, uh, and then what your, your eating you know, plan these days is like. Sure. Uh, yeah, in the beginning, I, it wasn't as hard as I actually thought it was to give up different things. You know, the, the, it wasn't necessarily just bread, but all baked goods. Um, so no cookies and cakes and, you know, none of that stuff. And um, I was so determined because, you know, 
I, I want to have a successful and safe surgery. So my mind was focused on, on doing this. It's, you know, and of course, on the back of my mind, I'm sure I was thinking it's temporary. But really, once you decide to go down this road uh, for surgery, you can't have bread and stuff like that. You really have to, at the, when you shrink your stomach so small, you have to eat your protein first. And then if you can have a little bit more, then you're having vegetables. And then at the top of that, you're having a little bit of fruit. Um, you don't have room for all that other stuff. You have an itty bitty little little stomach, <laughs> so I was really mm-hmm. mentally preparing myself for that surgery, and so I, I followed it um, very easily. Um, I found shakes that I could stomach, <laughs> which is really difficult to find, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, I I followed it to the letter um, gleefully because I knew I was getting that surgery, and so once I wasn't able to have that surgery. I, I was bummed. I was bummed for just, you know, for a few hours. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. What am I going to do? And I'm like, well, you're just going to continue because I'm not unhappy. I'm not unhappy with what I'm doing, you know, but I have to figure out now where I am weight loss wise because I, I, my scale at home didn't weigh me, you know, because I, I was past that point, you know, on the scale, which was, a 385 pounds, you know, it was more than that, so my scale didn't weigh me. And so I went to a store to go buy a new scale, and um, I stepped on the scale, and it was 389. Like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I dropped from 405 mm-hmm. to 389, and that was in, in the period of about two weeks while I was on this um, program. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, I'm losing the weight. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm not unhappy. Yeah, that's it. That's what I got, you know, <laughs> and I took it from there. Um, now, the problem for me on uh, protein um, shakes, they, they just don't sit well with me. Uh, so uh, I had to wean myself off of those and just add regular animal protein, you know, a little bit more um, you know, chicken or a little bit more fish. You know, I'd have just larger portions. Um, but... Essentially, I've kept everything else the same. I don't care for bread. Uh, I will have maybe a 45 calorie slice with some um, egg in the morning, uh, you know. But I, I don't crave it. I don't. I've never run to it. I've never been a baker, so um, it, you know, pasta. I really don't like. I've never liked pasta, but it's so cheap. So you always feed it to your kids, right? Right. <laughs> you right. Know? And same with rice, you know, I, I, I don't care for rice, um, but, you know, you, you, it's a filler food. It's something that's cheap and, you, you know, and you feed it for your family. Um, so I just cut out the things that I really don't like. And every once in a while, my kids will come back and say, hey, you know, we, we really miss, you know, spaghetti. And so I'll make them spaghetti and I'll make something else for myself. But um, that's really the, the, the only tweak I've, I've taken um, for the, my protein. Um, I still eat a lot of fruit and vegetables. They're just my favorites, you know. And I make sure that I buy my favorites for my kids so they're not bored, you know. They, you know one of them likes broccoli. One of them likes Brussels sprouts. One of them likes carrots. I always have those for, for them. So, you know, I don't have, you know, wasted food on the, on the plate. Everybody's eating the things that they love, and they're eating healthy. So for me, that was key. I really had to love my food. But, you know, having said that, though, um, again, I think about what you said about how awesome it is to be tuned into your body and that you began to truly know what it is that your body responded to 
and what it didn't. But then I think about like the initial phase that you must have went through while your body was adjusting. Um, so it sounded like, like luckily for you that you didn't have necessarily huge like food addictions that you had to, or there was like certain foods that you were so emotionally connected to or, or like physically addicted to. It didn't, it doesn't sound that way, but I'm going to, I guess I would ask though, if there was like what physical withdrawals you went through and then also what food rituals you also had to give up, give up as well. And what that initial process was like for you. Sure. My, you know, the, the things that I love and that I, I won't even taste today, even on the days where I, I hike for seven hours or like Cheetos. I wouldn't stop, and I would buy more. <laughs> I know I would, because I really love them. Uh, and um, and coffee. Coffee was a little bit difficult. I, I drank coffee all throughout the day, and I always had loads of creamer in there because it had to taste good. And um, I a lot of that was taken care of because I, for a while, I, I didn't have, um, I couldn't eat dairy products, and so I had to adjust my coffee levels. And so... I didn't get as many headaches as I thought I would, but once I dropped my coffee and my Cheeto addiction, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, I chose something different. I knew I couldn't have the caffeine after that surgery. I knew I couldn't have those Cheetos. And so for me, I had to make the decision saying that these are permanent decisions because I'm going to do something permanent to my body. And I really, that that was my mindset. Um, but there are still those types of things I don't bring in the house. I don't buy chips for my kids because I will eat them. Um, those are my downfall. Um, salty snacks, especially late at night, I like to, to chew on those. Um, and I even kind of curb my, my popcorn. You know, I'll, I'll have popcorn occasionally. Um, but I know that it's just kind of like a, what I call a gateway drug, just like coffee is for me, you know, where you can add things and add a whole lot of calories, you know, to it, something so simple and really low in calories and same with coffee. The only reason why I drank it is because of the stuff I put in it, not because I like the taste of coffee (laughs) and all the stuff I was putting into it was lots and lots of sugar. Um, and so it was difficult. It was difficult, but, um, I, my, like I said, I shifted my mind. I knew I had to make that permanent decision. So, but I, I also want to ask you about food rituals because um, in a in a newspaper article that that was written about you, there's been a few um, that you had mentioned that recently that you had your 41st birthday, and in the past, just like most people, you, you would typically go out to dinner, you would have cake and ice cream. And um, for a lot of us, I think that we think of our birthday as kind of being like this free day, where, you know, we can have what it just enjoy it, right? Enjoy the food, enjoy the celebration. Um, but you didn't do that this time. And I'm wondering if you can talk about changing up those food rituals and um, the mindset that you had that y- that you or that you've adopted so that you could detach yourself from that feeling of um, joy or enjoyment that comes with things like eating birthday cake and ice cream. Sure. Yeah. You know, I chose, I chose a long time ago to um, not have what a lot of people call cheat, cheat meals or, or cheat days. 
and, and there are a lot of people that do. They have they, they go and have about one day a week they can have whatever they want, and the rest of the time they're really regimented. And I realized that that was something in me that that said, "Wow, you know, I have this excuse. I can do it. I can eat whatever I want." And then you don't stop. And, and that's my personality. Is like, well, one more day wouldn't kill me, or one more meal wouldn't kill me. And I kind of start to justify it. So for me, I just chose to, if I was going to have a cheat anything, it was going to be a cheat snack, and it's going to be under 200 calories. It's going to be something I really, really love. You know, so is it a you know piece of chocolate or, a, for me, I love anything with lemon. I'll have something that has lemon in it. So that is for everything. Every You know, and that was... I think I lose a lot of people with how regimented I am on my food, but this is... 80% of my success is how I eat. And if I get the 80% right, you know, I'm, I'm winning. So I, I just look at food differently. I, I don't go and say, wow, I would really love to have that steak and that potatoes and all the appetizers and all the stuff afterwards. And when you start to log it into your food thing and you're realizing you're eating three thousand or more calories and you've got about six thousand milligrams of sodium it's not worth it it's not worth the two or three or four a week uh, you know of days that it's going to set you back when just that last week you've you've walked 40 miles on a on a hike and you've worked so hard to get those couple of pounds down <laughs> and for me it's not worth that exchange so um, you know, my my mindset's different. Um, I don't need to reward myself with food. I reward myself with other things. Um, and right now, the reward in losing weight is all that I need right now to keep me going. I don't need little treats. Um, the fact that I feel so good um, and that I'm 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 winning this battle that is tastes so much more. <laughs> um, you know. It, it it's wonderful. It, it's just wonderful. So I want you to address then like the mental chatter that goes on in, in your head, because what I'm hearing you say is that you gave your, yourself enough time to be able to like physically um, get used to uh, less sugar, less salt and um, adapt more to fruits and vegetables. Um, but for many of us, I think that when it comes to like, we have the best of intentions, but then we like negotiate with ourselves, or it's it's almost like negotiating with a small child who really wants something, and they'll be really persistent about it. Yeah. So it, it sounds like you've got that kind of under control, right? Um, how did you get that under control where, you know, because like you mentioned, as an example, but you don't keep Cheetos in your house, which, okay, logical thing to do. But I'm sure like, I know I've had moments where I don't keep junk food in my house. But when I really want something, no matter like what time of the day it is, I'll, you know, go and get it. And, you know, and, and eat it within an hour of coming home, because of this, like, you know, this negotiation that goes on mentally in my mind. So how did you bypass that to keep yourself completely focused and on track? Well, a couple of things keep me there. One, I, I do have a, a reporter and a, and a photographer that follow me. I live in a small town, so when I go to my local store, 
they know me. <laughs> they follow my story. <laughs> what I have on my cart's on point. <laughs> so, you know, there's a little shame, you know, I, I don't want to be shamed. I want to be, you know, make people proud of me and so forth. But um, my, my mental focus um, for this this journey, it, it does take some time. Um, it takes some time to outwit yourself a little bit. I was one of those people. I'm a grown person. I can make these decisions. I I can have that cake if I want it, and and I still I still can. Um, I don't say completely no. I mean I I'll talk with people and they're like, you know, I really want this ice cream. I've been craving it all week, and I'm like, well, why are you sweating 300 calories? Go have this thing that's bothering you. You know, it's 300 calories. Don't buy a gallon of it. Go have a cone of your absolute favorite and get over it and be done. You know, it's, it, to me, it, it's silly to, to torture yourself for days on end. I, I don't live myself within, you know, just 24 hours. I think of my what I eat over the period of a week. And I can't say I'm a perfect angel. There are things that, you know, I'll have. I, I You know, on my hike yesterday, I, I had a couple of Jolly Ranchers as we were going down, you know, the hike. You know, and it's pure sure that's completely not what I have in my weight loss philosophy. Um, but I don't sweat it. I don't sweat, you know, 10 or 15 calories. Um, anything under 200 calories, honestly, I don't sweat, you know. I, but I choose not to pick those things that I know I have a problem with, that I, they're still not quite gone, you know. Um, actually, I was presented on Saturday with someone offering me, a, my big one of my biggest supporters, uh, Cheetos and some other stuff for uh, after my kids' soccer game. And I couldn't, for worst, I couldn't believe that she actually was offering this to me. I was like, really? <laughs> and then I realized that, you know, I could say, I could say no. And it was done. And there was no guilt anywhere. And I felt so good. You know, I faced that little demon of Cheetos. And I, and I was able to say, yeah, no thanks. Even though I knew the next day I'd be walking for seven hours and really my calorie content, what I ate, really wasn't going to make a big difference. I just... I choose differently for my life because I'm winning. You know, I, I can't tell you how that it's like this great loop effect of, you know, you, you, you do things really well and then you, you see that reward and, and then you can continue on and it, and it feeds into itself in a positive way instead of always going backwards and eating something awful and then you feel really bad and then you eat more you know, and it's this negative cycle that we tend to get ourselves into. So I'm happy to have that ball rolling forward in the positive direction. I just don't want to let that stop. (laughs) It sounds like basically what you're saying is that when you start to have success, you really covet it, right? And you don't let anything, you know, like deter you from it or or take away or take away that success. But I'd also have to wonder, um, since you really got into this, what happens during those days when, you know, you have a really bad day or something, um, you know, unexpected comes up that kind of shifts your life or turns it upside down? What what have you done in those instances? Because it, it, it sounds like, you know, you are so passionate about this. And um, I know, like, uh, from reading other people's blogs, that sometimes people will get into that groove, and they'll be really passionate, and then something will just happen, and they'll get they'll get thrown off. So 
do you have, or has that happened to you since you've begun losing this weight, um, where you've had some bad experiences, or do you feel as though that you've made enough change that if something dramatic did happen, that you'd be able to stay on track with your eating and exercise and still handle whatever crisis came up? Well, to answer that very last question, yes, without a doubt. Um, but it, have I had some experiences that were less than stellar? Sure. Um, you know, plateauing, plateauing is really hard. It's, it's, it tugs on you emotionally because you can be doing everything right and you can be exercising and then your body doesn't just, will not lose a pound, not an ounce. And sometimes you'll go up and you've got to be, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> what, what could I possibly be doing more? <laughs> To, to get this rolling and you'll fight with yourself but the things that um, especially now I think especially since May when I started hiking with a friend um, when I'm feeling really bad or Rondi my hiking um, buddy she's feeling bad we call each other and, and get out on the road and hike our local trails and we hash it out between us and we get physically exhausted there'll be times when um, we'll either um, hike, or hike for about an hour and a half or two and a half hours, depending on which trail that we chose. And so by the time we're done, we're exhausted and sweaty and happy, and we've completely changed our, our attitude. And not everything, you know, can be, be stellar at home. You know, you might still have an issue waiting for you. <laughs> it's how you respond to that issue that's different after I, especially when I physically spend myself. Um you know, and, and there are times when um, you get faced with um, stress, you know, maybe someone's not as supportive. I've had people drop off as friends that um, were really stressful, you know, people that I thought would really be there to support you, and they're not. Um, and you have to really rely on yourself to get through those times when you don't feel like you can have, you don't have anyone around you. And I really plug into Twitter. Um, you know, I have a great big group of people that if I say I'm having a really bad day, I, I had people tweet back to me, oh, what's wrong, or tell me about it, or offer me advice, or I've been there too, and hang in there, and give me that encouragement um, when I can't muster that myself, and that happens. We all go through those cycles, especially as women. Um, it's just important to know where they are at and access them. Don't do this alone. You know, right? You know, uh, can you elaborate on that on the importance of support? Because, um, if I remember correctly, when you and I spoke to, to set up this interview, one of the things that you mentioned is that it's really difficult to find people who truly understand. Um, like everybody gets, you know, weight loss. It's like almost everybody, you know, feels like they need to lose weight or has tried to lose weight. But it's a whole different story when you have 100, 200, even more pounds to lose. So can you tell me, um, because, you know, on the one hand, what I'm hearing you say is that you've got, you know, some support, like, you know, in, in person, right, the friend that you go hiking with, and, and then online support. In terms of success, how important has that support been? Immense. Immense. Um, I, I think that really, at the very beginning, I needed to see what those 5% looked like. Those people that had taken off amazing amounts of weight, 
and kept it off. I wanted to know what they were doing. I wanted to know how they were handling this. And so I started following those people. And then as I was doing that, I'd follow, you know, other people that were actually in the struggle and had a lot of weight to lose. And um, it's it's the cornerstone of this process, um, seeing and being encouraged by other people and knowing that if that person over there can do it, there is no reason why I can't. You know, and you need that for the moments when you question yourself or when you plateau or when things don't go right or you've had a bad day of choices, you know, um, and question yourself, you know, can I do this? Especially, you know, with a little bit more of a a spotlight on me, you know, I want to make people who look at me proud, you know, and I want to make sure I throw in some numbers that, you know, people are going to pay attention to and sometimes I put that stress on me. And I realized that, you know, um, that can work against me if I'm not careful. So I really reach out to those people around me that kind of surround uh, surround me and kind of protect me a little bit and hold me up when I'm not feeling so strong. And, and then, of course, you know, the in-person people, it's really difficult, really difficult to find people who want to do what you want to do at the time that you want to do it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what I, a friend of mine uh, from the past, we would go, one person would be on a, a weight loss kick and the other person would just wouldn't be in it. And we would never kind of gel. And we're kind of at that point right now where um, she's not interested, but I am. And um, it is difficult to find. So I'm really grateful for Rondi. She's she's there for me. She, she, only, you know, she doesn't have as much weight to lose, you know? Um, it's significant for her, but you know, it's, it's a smaller amount for me. She's a hundred pounds lighter than I am. And, um, but we both have that same passion, um, for we'd love to be out there and, you know, hiking and being together and encouraging each other and talking about what foods we've been eating and whether we made a good choice or a bad choice or how we can improve and really kind of, um, encouraging each other. We both really have that same temperament too. So it's really important to find, those um, those people that gel well with you, and it takes some time to find, but they're out there. There's loads of us out there. <laughs> yeah, I want to ask you about exercise in a minute. We're going to talk. I have a few questions regarding exercise, but I'm kind of curious. When you went out and sought out people who um, had lost a great deal of weight and kept it off, for, and and also to the people who were in the midst of doing that, what observations did you make? Well, um, I, I was disappointed in, in sometimes <laughs> and, and, you know, encouraged in, in other times. Um, I was really kind of shocked. There are a few programs out there because I really, I, I don't concern myself with what other people are doing as far as how they're achieving their weight loss goals because um, that's them. You know, what works for them is not necessarily going to work for me and vice versa. So um, what, what they'll be on... Um, shake plans, you know, and I, I couldn't do a hundred percent shakes or any of those types of programs, but some of them will encourage them not to exercise because they're taking so few calories. It kind of taxes the body. And so they'll lose loads and loads of weight and they'll not have exercised. And I thought that was really counterintuitive uh, when I discovered that what exercise brings to me isn't necessarily the numbers on the scale, but a mental lift. Um, and it, it changes my outlook. And now that I'm doing physical challenges, it's more than that to me. Now it, 
it's not exercise, it's an adventure that I'm going out on. And I just happen to sweat on the side, really, <laughs> a great deal. But it's the challenge that's before me that's most exciting. The next thing that, you know, we do or the higher we climb or the further we go, that's what excites me. And so I've shifted it. Um, as far as the other people that were doing um, exercise, uh, you know, they're varied. Most of them were in a gym or, you know, they were doing insanity workouts or um, things that just really didn't interest me. I really, I had to find something that interested me. I, I walked, but I wasn't really interested in what I was doing. I was downtown in my local little town here and just doing it because I knew I had to. Uh, you really, really have to find something you love because all of a sudden you remove the have to from the exercise and now you want to. And when you want to, you can make this a part of something permanent in your life. Right. And I want to ask you about that starting back from the beginning. You know, something else, too, that you had said, I'm reading a quote again from one of the articles about you. You said, it's pushing the stereotype that overweight people are unfit. We can do so much if you allow yourself to do it if you believe in yourself. So my assumption is going to be that at the beginning, when you first started walking around your block um, or, or, you know, in your in your neighborhood, that it took you a while to get to that point of, you know, feeling like believing in yourself and, and feeling fit enough to do that to, you know, so what, what was it like at the beginning for you? Those that first little while of actually getting out the door and going for those walks. And I'm talking about like both from a mental perspective and physical mental in the sense of that. I think about like, for example, with me, um, like in the summer, uh, you know, a friend of mine said, you know, you should you should go for walks or like during the day because I work from home. And he suggested that, you know, about four times a day, I just get up and go for a walk around the block. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this, you know, sounds great to me, sounds completely reasonable, until I started thinking about it. And I'm thinking that it's really hot. And so I can't be wearing like layers of clothes to cover up my body. And how I was too embarrassed, like, you know, to walk around the block. And so I'd rather stay home, you know, on the treadmill or doing workout DVDs. And so I'm wondering if you went through something similar in terms of feeling self-conscious, but then the other part of it too, is that what was it like for you, um, you know, physically being able to build up, um, you know, the, the, you know, the, the the fitness part of it, for lack of better words, um, to be able to walk with a little bit more ease. And how did you not give up? Because, Because I think that it's a natural inclination that when something is difficult, physically difficult, you are thinking like, this sucks, and I want to stop. And then the next day, you remember that it sucks, and you come up with excuses not to, to do it again. So how did you deal with both? Okay, ex- excellent. Um, and boy, do I feel you. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, when I started going around the block, um, I, I, I stayed home mom, so I'm, you know, I'm here, and, you know, you can only clean so much before you get really bored. Uh, so I would go during the day. Um, I have a little town. It's small. There's hardly anyone down there, you know, so I felt safe. You know, no one's really going to observe me. Um, and you're right. I mean, fall and winter and nighttime's our time, isn't it? We don't want anyone to see us. 
we don't want to, mm-hmm. um, you know, have anyone observe us, you know, ever any little bobble or, you know, you, you move a little bit more where you didn't want to. Um, you know, I, I chose to, you know, I found this little path and I kind of did a, a map and made sure I was getting at least a mile, you know, and I mapped out a mile and I walked and, and yet physically, um, there was parts of it. I, I kind of live in a hilly place. At the towards the end of it, I had several flights of stairs worth of elevation to get back to my house. And the first time, it just it just killed me. I mean, I my muscles were so sore, and um, mentally, I think I was really annoyed because I would come across people, and I'd get this up and down look. You know, like what are you doing? You know, or mm-hmm. or God, you know, I'm I'm thinking that you know they're looking at you like you know you, what is this fat person <laughs> doing out here, you know, and and mm-hmm. then I would put on some music, my favorite music, and um, tune them out, and I'm just my you know my eyes are straight forward, and I'm listening to this music, and I'm I'm thinking, gosh, I just need to get through these, you know, this these 20 minutes or 25 minutes, uh, and just listen to this music, let it whiz by just get it done, grunt it out. And by the time I reached, you know, the bottom of my stairs, I my house is on a hill, so I go up 22 flights, you know, 22 stairs to get up to my front door. Um, and that was really tough at the very end because you're really, really tired. And then mm-hmm, I felt sweaty, mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, Phew, I did it. Okay, that was, you know, I got it in. And um, you're right. I, I kind of bargained myself with myself for a little while because I really didn't enjoy it. Um, but I knew I needed to do it. I kind of made myself... I do it, and then I, I can't remember what what took me out. I, I started going about two two times. I'd go around, and so I'd have a, a two mile walk, and and um, I was really kind of proud of myself that a person at my high weight was able to you know go that far. You know that's pretty impressive in my brain. You know, and um, I had a treadmill at home, and um, I could walk on that for an hour, and um, just fine versus the 40 minutes it would take me for the two miles. And I was really hurting and exhausted, and I didn't understand really what was happening and really was the incline and so forth. And so I said, well, if I can do an hour, then I really should be doing an hour, you know. (laughs) Um, I can't step backwards. I know I'm capable of doing this. And I kind of, I, I egged myself on in that way. Once I accomplish something, well, there's no excuse. I can do this. I can physically do this. And I kind of step myself up, you know, and, and, and do an hour and, and then an, an hour and 10 and then an hour and 15. And then I, I, I got bored. I really, I don't like the treadmill at all. I have a bike. I, I, I refuse. It's, it's just no fun. It's uncomfortable. And when you have a stomach, bikes just suck. <laughs> so a, a friend of mine on Twitter suggested um, hiking. And I said, well, there, there are some, you know, he, he actually looked where I was and said, you know, there's a trail, like not more than two miles from where you live. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> okay, well, I'll do that. And that by that time, I had had uh, one um, article had come out with the, the first article for the Columbian and um, people had started contacting me. Ooh, I'll walk with you. Oh, cool. And none of them panned out. 
<laughs> they all some they all wanted to, to say that they you know contacted you and wanted to walk that they they once you said sure let's do it and yeah they all petered out except for one person and uh, she walked with me for probably about um, two months before she started giving excuses and not not walking anymore but um, I walked it you know and that was just a one point two miles and it was hilly and it was hard and you know um. It would take us, I think the first time it took us um, like an hour and 20 minutes to go up this, you know, do this. And, and we, we would go again and again until we got faster and faster. Um, and I did that for about three weeks. And then I um, told my, my uh, friend, his name was Brian, um, that I was going to go to the Multnomah Falls. And he looked at that because I want you to go to the top of Multnomah Falls. I wasn't planning on going to the top. I was just going to go, you know, sightsee, you know, <laughs> with my family. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I had no intention of going all the way to the top. I've never been up there. Uh, he says, yeah, it's 632 feet in elevation. Go to the top, take a picture, and send it to me. I'm like, well, okay. Well, I could do that. <laughs> and it took me almost two hours to do that, but there was mm-hmm. no way I wasn't going to get to that top because I wanted to send that picture back to Brian. Now, whether I sent him a nice picture, <laughs> I was I was a little frustrated by the time I got to the top of that. It was really difficult, and I stopped I don't know how many times, and I, you know, siphoned my water. I certainly didn't bring enough water for this. I was getting so frustrated because people were just whizzing past me. And, and then they would come back, you know, because they'd already gone to the top, and they'd pass you as you go back down. <laughs> like, you know, it was feeling kind of embarrassed and big and observed, and um, my kids weren't happy, and, you know, because they're all fit, and they can run up and down all this stuff with no problem, same with my husband. So, um, but I wanted to finish that challenge, and once I got to that challenge, I think that's kind of what awakened me. Well, I did it. Well, now what else can I do? You know, um, by that time, I had um, found Rondi, and uh, we started hiking together in local pa- uh, local hikes around our house. It's just a couple miles away from where I live, and we live in really beautiful country. And, uh, and Brian kept on saying, well, hey, you know, one of these times all three of us need to go for a hike, and we can't really, he, he lives so far away. And I said, well, Rondi, there's no reason why we can't. And then we started just hiking our local hikes around here. And we would, we just made, made a pact that if we're going to be on the trail and we say, well, let's see if we can try seven miles today on this track, then we have to do it. If we say it on the trail, it's got to get done. And we made a pact that we would do that. So we got to be careful about what we say because we have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I told her one time, I said, you know, wouldn't it be great if we just did 10 miles? And she's cool. Okay, we'll be doing that. I'm like, oh, my God. We went from seven to 10, you know, and, and now we regularly, you know, hike over 10 miles. And this last one, we, we went up about 2,000 uh, feet in elevation. So, you know, we... You really are good for each other. We kind of egg each other on. We both have that determination. And we both, you know, we want to see that accomplishment. And it just happens, like I said before, the side note is that you're sweating and you're really working out pretty hard. <laughs> um, it's, it's fun, the challenge. It's just, why wouldn't you want to get out there if you really enjoy what you're doing? Just like, say, with food. You know, why wouldn't you eat the food, your most favorite food? Of course you would. You're, it's a joy every day. 
and I'm trying to make that way. I want to make every day that positive because I want to stay in this for the rest of my life. And so I'm keeping my own interest. Um, it's, it's a great journey. Yeah, I want to talk to you more about hiking in a moment. But, you know, listening to you talk, what also comes to mind is, um, now, let me get this straight. How much do you weigh right now? I'm 316. Okay. So, you know, did you find that, like many people, that you had limiting beliefs when it came to thinking of what your body was capable of? Because I think that somebody who weighs that amount or somebody who doesn't and is trying to fathom somebody weighing that amount would think hiking, like 10 miles hiking, is that even possible? Um, were you amazed at your own strength and what your body was capable of? Oh, yeah. There's no way someone would have said a year ago that I would be hiking today and I would believe them. There'd be no way. You can't do that at this weight. Are you kidding? You know, um, mm-hmm. I think that, um, I think I'm really amazed at that. You know, I'm, I'm not young, you know, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and I'm certainly not light. Um, and I am shocked at my ability to get out there and really work hard to get up that mountain. Um, one of our most difficult, actually, one our first really major hike that we did um, was Rock of Ages. And that was a scramble. And we didn't know what a scramble was. We don't know what all the hiking terms were. <laughs> <laughs> we mm-hmm. just said, oh, okay, well, this is a really cool spot. Let's go. And we, we, you know, we got there, and it's vertical, 500 feet for a half a mile. You literally had to pull yourself up that hill, hang on to branches and put your foot here and hoist yourself up there. And we did it. It took us forever, but we did it. <laughs> and we realized, we're like, we just we just did that. We, I can't believe we, I did that at 339 pounds. I can't believe that we just did that. There's no excuse. There's not one mountain on this in this entire gorge that we can't go and do. There's not one. If we can do that one, there's no way we can't. And, of course, we had to start off with a bang. And we, we didn't really ever want to go back up there. But, of course, this last weekend, we're like, you know, we probably should go back and do Rock of Ages to see where we're at, see how fast we can get up that place now. Now that we know that we can do this, there's no reason for us not to. Um, and it is, it's removing those barriers in your mind that say you can't do it. It's there. It's not your physical body necessarily. I mean, if you're injured or sickly or some, there's other issues, I'd understand. But if you're mostly healthy other than your weight, there's really no excuse not to get out there and at least give it a go. Get try, you know. So then when it comes to being active in the other areas of your life, when you're not hiking, um, are you also finding that there's that ease and that confidence as well? Like as an example, has there you know been an instance come up where you have gone on, on you know some sort of family outing? And again, like you said previously, you'd stay in the car because you didn't want to walk or it was too long to walk that you're like, hey, I'm you know, I'm just I'm I'm ready to go. Let's go. And it's not a big deal so much anymore. Absolutely. I think uh, we've gone to the beach a couple of times this past summer. And um, yeah, normally, you know, I, I just, from the car to my chair, 
sit on the beach mm-hmm. and watch mm-hmm. the kids play. And really, you know, and I never actually went down to the water or walked along the, the beach because, you know, it's really difficult. It hurts. And, and I found myself this time, um, I was just really enjoying it with my kids and walking along the beach with them and taking photos and being goofy. And you're right, I wasn't really thinking about whether I can do this. I, that's been removed from the table. I know I can now. I know that if I had to shop all day, I could. I knew that if I, you know, the, one of the original shockers when I was 422 pounds was that I couldn't stand for eight hours at my job anymore as a technician. Um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it four hours. I, could, I couldn't even get through four hours of standing on my weight, you know, that way. I, I, my husband would have to come and meet me at the front door of the pharmacy and help me into the car because I couldn't, I couldn't walk, you know. Um, that's a lot of weight. So to be able to stand and get around and move, it's so exciting because I know where I was. And it hasn't taken that long to get to where I am. You know, I've only been hiking for 14 weeks. Um, and, and we've had some, that's some great strides, you know, in, in that time, you know. Uh, in the middle or beginning of March, I was barely doing a mile, and now I'm doing over 40 miles a week in hiking. So I've, I've come a long ways, and um, I love that progress. And I know that eventually I'm going to go further and go higher. Um, it's only training, you know. I'm, I'm training myself every day and keeping myself active because now I, I, I can, and there's no reason to, to stop and sit and, and not do anything. I had a huge hike yesterday, and I, in the especially in the morning, I really don't want to do much <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm so mm-hmm. sore. Um, but I know that the more I move around and the more I get out and do something, the quicker I recover from such a long hike, and it's good for me, and I can move on. And I know that later on when Rondi calls and says, are we going to go for a hike today? I'm going to say, yeah, okay, let's get this done, you know. Um it, it like and again, it goes back to that that positive cycle uh, as you know reinforcing. Once you know that you can do it, you have to you know, but you have to get out there and try first. And once you try it and you realize you can do it, then you want to do it again and again. And it really feeds into it. And it it's such an exciting journey. I don't know what else is around that corner, but I'll be planning a, a whole bunch of fun surprises. I'm sure you know because I can. Right. Right. <laughs> so. So. Then what advice would you give to people who are starting out being 400 or 300 pounds or even in their upper 200s? What advice would you give to people who want to start exercising? For exercising, uh, well, um, for, for exercising, I think that I would advise they start small and, and test test the waters like I did, you know, for me, walking's easy, it's cheap, it's free, you know, mostly, so you just have to have some good shoes, and, um, and, and, and start out small, but eventually, you know, you need to build up and, and try and grow and, and do different things, but I would, I'd look back to what made you happy when you were younger, did you love riding your bike? Well, start small on a bike, you know, even if it's a stationary bike, you know. Um, did you like playing sports? 
you know, start small. Start, you know, if you're a volleyball player, start, you know, bouncing the ball back with a friend, you know, until you find that thing that you love to do and do that because it makes this journey so much easier if you really enjoy what you're doing and how you're doing it. If, if you're a person that's going to absolutely loathe going to a gym, sitting on a treadmill, staring at a wall, it, why are you starting there? <laughs> find something more interesting. Right. Find something that turns you on, you know, that will compel you to get out and do things. Um, if you know you're already going to be bored from the beginning, find something different, you know. So um, I want to talk to you about rest. What I found interesting, going back to that list that you were given um, by the surgeon, right, to prepare yourself for for surgery, one of the criteria was to sleep seven to eight hours a day. And I'm wondering if um, even back then that that was something that you adhered to and how you believe that sleeping played a role in your weight loss. And then also can you address... Um, because you're much more active now in the past, like 14 weeks, like you said, the importance of, of rest um, after having these like intense days of hiking. Yeah. Well, I've always been a really good sleeper. <laughs> so getting my, my seven or eight hours in has never really been a problem. Um, I sleep so hard now after all that exercise, um, but it, it does play a huge role. Um, when, when you don't have enough rest, um, you start making poor decisions from the get-go because you're so tired and you don't have the energy to, to make yourself, you know, a proper breakfast or to prepare yourself a proper lunch or, you know, and it kind of carries through, um, like all these other elements that we're trying to put together and to, to get a successful weight loss um, regime going. Um, it starts out with being prepared and you need to be mentally sharp and um, to be able to do this. And so I, I think that's where it plays. And I'm sure there's other, you know, physiological issues that are, you know, beyond me that um, play into it. But to me, that makes most sense. You know, I've gotten plenty of sleep. Like last night, I had a nice solid eight hours. It was really great. You know, and this morning, I feel really good. You know, I've allowed my muscles to you know, relax and repair after all that work yesterday. And today I'm not as sore as, you know, I usually am. And I'm finding that more and more that after a really long hike that my recovery time isn't two or three days after anymore. Um, I'll feel a little sore, a little tired in the morning, the day after, and then I'm, I'm fine. I can, I can go hike in the afternoon if I want to, um, if, I have, if I haven't already scheduled this as a rest day. And sometimes I do, depending on how difficult the hike is. Um, and then, yeah, as far as rest days, um, in the very beginning, I wasn't doing a lot of rest days. I didn't understand the purpose of them in the beginning. And that's just something I've learned over time that my body needs to recover a little bit. So I was working out six days a week and, and having Sunday as a rest day. And um, I started hitting a plateau. And uh, someone said, you know, take an extra rest day. And I did. And then I dropped like five pounds. Wow. Mm. wow. <laughs> My body, I, you know, I, I, I either, you know, and I started kind of bumping up a little bit more protein because I'm walking hills. I'm really building muscles in my legs and my thighs. 
and I'm requiring just a little bit more. So, you know, sometimes on the days that I work out for over two hours, I hit the top end of my um, calorie range. And on the days that I'm resting, I hit the lower end. You know, I kind of swing back and forth and really balance myself out. But, yeah, um, now, because I work so hard, I, I usually don't drop any weight until I hit a rest day. And that's just how my body drops. It just drops on those days which mentally isn't encouraging. <laughs> so, you know, as far as, you know, like, gosh, you know, when I was out for a week with an injury, I'd fallen on one of my hikes. <laughs> and I'd lost seven pounds that week because <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I was sitting mm-hmm. for seven days. Like, you know, this isn't encouraging me to get out there. But I had a hard time that week mentally. I really took a nosedive. Um, I, I really started feeling... Um, stressed out and, you know, and gosh, you know, I need to get back in this, you know, I, I got to get out there and uh, what if I can't or what if this is like an injury, you know, and I do all these what ifs mm-hmm. and until I got back on the trail again, I felt so much better and even though I'm slower in my weight loss, I'll take it because I, I can't give up what I really love to do, you know, um, so right. you, you have to really kind of pay attention to your body in that respect and, and understand you have to constantly tweak your diet and constantly tweak how you're exercising and your intensity because your body's smart and it outwits you on a regular basis. So you have to stay ahead of it. Okay, so I have one more quote that I want to read that I thought was um, really quite profound that I want you to to talk about. Um, within the news article, uh, it it reads, um, she no longer thinks about how her size could limit her. If someone suggests going shopping or to a restaurant, Harris no longer questions whether she can do the walking involved. Her outlook on life has changed. Quote, this whole process is a crash course in joy, she said. I'd never felt so content in my whole life. So I feel like what I'm hearing you say is that all the pieces have kind of come together. First, the food, you know, kind of you found a way to eat that worked for you, that wasn't so stressful and didn't feel restrictive. And then you happened upon hiking, which challenged you, um, which you love. You're you're out hiking with a friend who, you know, sounds really awesome. So you're having a good time. You've got the support. So you, it sounds like you've got everything kind of lined up. Is that what where the joy stems from of just feeling like that your life is in rhythm? Yes. <laughs> yes, all three. <laughs> um, all of it being put together um, really creates such a fantastic feeling. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything that I want to do every day, and I'm finding success in losing weight, which I've never done to this extent ever. I mean, the most I've ever been on a, any type of weight loss program is maybe two or three weeks before I told them to, you know, take it. Um, you know, so <laughs> I've never been on anything this long. I've never had this change with every aspect of my life. And every time, you know, we hear, um, you know, this has to be a lifestyle change and, and we all kind of tune that out, you know, and, and not understand what that means. And what it means for me is that everything I'm eating, everything I'm physically doing, all of that plays in, in part for the rest of my life, and I'm losing weight. I'm, I'm eating today for, for that body that I'm, I'm getting, you know, in the future, 
there's not going to be anything I'm going back to. And to realize the fact that I can sustain this from this point forward is exciting. Because um, I, I figured it out for me. I figured it out. And um, there's, that is pure joy. Every day is pure joy, knowing that I, I can do everything that I'm doing and sustain it from this point forward. It's pure, pure joy. I love it. So my second last question for you is, I guess, you know, you've shared so many of the insights that you've acquired you know, over the past year. Um, but I'm wondering about the greatest insight that you have. And you just kind of shared a big one just a moment ago. So then I take it back to the beginning of this interview, when I, I read the part from your blog about you not wanting to just be an observer in your life anymore. And it sounds as though that you're not. And here's, here's the thing that comes to mind, actually, having said that, is that so often, and I know I've been guilty of this in so many ways, where I will say, I won't do this or that until until I lose the weight. And um, it sounds as though that you've completely thrown that out the window, and that you are no longer an observer in your life, and you're, you're doing it. Can you talk about that about how that feels to have made the decision, and actually have changed your life, and what it feels like to to be the person that you wanted to be? Sure, you know, I didn't realize I wanted to be this person. <laughs> I, I never even had those aspirations because, you know, I think that we put on this mantle of weight and it tells us that we can only do so many things. You know, we're not good enough. Um, we're not physically attractive enough. We're not, whatever it is, we're just not enough to do all these other wonderful things. And um, for me, there are no limits. You know, I, I'm, have uh, kayaking coming up in the future, and I'm going to be in a bathing suit, and, and a photographer's coming. There's no way I would have thought about that, you know, maybe 60, 70 days ago. And it's so little, you know, uncomfortable. But I know that other people need to see people like me, you know, not perfect, normal person, doing something every day, you know, uh, no one's out there. No, I don't have a, you know, a coach. I don't have a team of cameras following me around and all these medical professionals. Just me. <laughs> you know, they mm -hmm. need to mm -hmm. see that they can do it and that it's okay, you know, to, to let go of those pre you know, we get it all the time when we're on the, on the trail. These people look at us up and down and they're like, well, you know, this is really difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're mm -hmm. wearing this gear for a reason. <laughs> it's not mm -hmm. a day hike for yeah. us, you know. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, <laughs> what my life is like today, I had no idea that it was going to be like this. It's probably one of my favorite questions. Is said, did I ever think that my weight loss was going to look like this? And I was, no, I had no idea it was going to be like this. And I had no idea how much I was missing. And now that I am awake to it, and now I know that I'm capable of doing so much more, there's so much more out there that I want to do, you know. And I have no doubt, other than getting there financially, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that I'm going to be able to do these things. 
you know, um, I, I'm, I was looking for a job recently, and um, my husband's like, you know, I can't wait till this is, you know, that you get something. And I said, yep, Mama's got to pay for those adventures. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got to find a way to, to pay for the things that I want to do because, you know, I have a huge, huge goal. That probably the only reward that I um, have in my future is, is ahead of me when I hit goal. I have, I have something that I want to do. And um, in order to be able to do that, you know, I've I've got to I've got to tick off, you know, some more miles and some more elevation to get it done. Um, but I have no doubt that it's going to be there. And I hope that people are able to look at me and say, if she can do it, I can do it too. And I'm not going to put those limits on myself anymore. I'm going to fix the mind, and my body is going to obey. And you know. I- after listening to you speak, the thought that comes to mind is um, what I really admire about you the most is that, you know, oftentimes when we are facing the unknown, it's logical to try to predict what's going to happen in the future by looking at the past. When oftentimes what we actually need to do is take that leap of faith. And what usually happens when we take that leap of faith is that then extraordinary things happen that we could not have even imagined or fathomed. And so, you know, you took that leap of faith and had the courage to do that. And obviously, you know, believed in yourself enough or loved yourself enough to do that. So that is really amazing. Yeah, I, well, thank you. You know, I... Um it shocks me a little bit. My, like I said before, I am a very reserved person. Very few people actually, even my best friends, I rarely divulge who I am to them. You know, I'm, I'm just shy and I just don't do a lot of chatting. So this whole thing is polar opposite of my nature. It's, it's the mission and beyond my own personal weight loss I just realized that once I understood how I lost and that I can get this done, that other people need to see this too. Other people with a lot of weight to lose need to be able to see someone like me. Even though I don't really like pictures of myself <laughs> all over the place, I don't get to choose any of them. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But they, they can see it and they can be encouraged and they can reach out and they can come and chat with me and I'll be happy to you know, chat with them and encourage them anywhere I possibly can. I want them to understand that they're not a lost cause. I'm not a lost cause. That we have the ability to do so much more with our lives than just just sit there on the sidelines and let everyone else have the fun and enjoy life and get in there. We can do that too. And it, it just takes one healthy decision at a time, just one, just one at a time. You don't have to plan out your whole life. You just have to make that one healthy decision at that critical moment, you know, and then you turn around and you make another, and then you make another, and a whole bunch of these little decisions add up to something great in your life, something wonderful. It's worth it, worth it, worth it. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, you know, before I let you go, actually, um, would it be cool if we checked on you again in, say, six months? Because it, it, it's going to be interesting to see the huge progress that you're going to make over the next six months and where you are then. And, again, the insights that you gained uh, throughout your experiences over the next few months. Oh, absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. I think it would be a lot of fun. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for doing this interview. I really appreciate it. And thank you, Wendy. That was awesome. I so deeply appreciate Lena for doing this interview. And while it's cool to talk to people who have crossed the weight loss quote unquote finish line, so to speak, 
I think it's incredibly motivating to hear about the progress and to also hear excitement in the voice of someone who has come a long way, but still has a distance to go. And it really makes you realize that there is so much to be gained throughout the whole weight loss journey. And it's not just about being fixated on a goal weight that you reach down the road and hope that once you do, you'll be happy. You can find Lena at her blog, which is blueeyegirlusa.blogspot.com. That's blue eye. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That's B-L-U-I-G-I-R-L-U-S-A.blogspot.com. And her Twitter is also blueeyegirlusa. So that's B-L-U-I-G-I-R-L-U-S-A. And I will have the links to her blog, her Twitter feed, uh, her Facebook, and the articles that have been written about her as well. All of those links you can find at eatsleepmove.com. Thanks again to Lena, and thank you for listening. I hope Lena's love of hiking has inspired you to move your own body in whichever way brings you joy. Thanks for listening to the Eat Sleep Move podcast. Find out more by visiting eatsleepmove.com. 